Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. And welcome to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Bear. I'm your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board-certified internist, host of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, your number one podcast for patient advocacy, helping you empower yourself for better health. This week, episode 95 is going to be a good one. We are talking about pneumonia. And uh, unfortunately, it's one of those topics that I, I thought was already a big deal, but with recent events, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, it really brought to light that a lot of people don't really know how severe pneumonia is, right? And it's crazy because I'm talking about one of the top 10 causes of death worldwide, which is pneumonia, right? But for some reason, uh, it, it was not met with uh, the reputation that I thought it would be met with. So I figured let's talk about pneumonia. Let's you know bring uh, this great topic out to light, especially for the lunch and learn community. Let's get it. Let's give it the reputation that it deserves. So, if you want uh, today's show notes, head over to lunchlearnpod.com or drbearpierre.com for today's podcast show notes. And if you have not had a chance, go ahead and subscribe to the show. Uh, share uh, this episode with someone who you know uh, is either affected by pneumonia one way or the other, whether they've had it or they have a family member who's had it. So. Like always, let's get ready for another amazing episode here with the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. This episode is brought to you by the Lunch and Learn Community Store, where we are living out the motto, empower yourself for better health. In the Lunch and Learn Community Store, you can get your favorite t-shirts, ebooks, as well as other related products by Dr. Barry. Head over to shop.drpiersblog.com and get a chance to get 10% off your first purchase by using the coupon code empower 10 again shop.drpiersblog.com live out the motto empower yourself for better health so we are going to be talking about pneumonia today and unfortunately the topic really came to mind because of all of the reaction uh, that came from recent news in the media of Kim Porter's cause of death. Kim Porter, you may not know, is a former model, actress, and she's also the ex-wife of Sean Diddy Combs. So she unfortunately suddenly died in late November. Suddenly died late November. It was a big mystery. No one knows why, because I think she was like 47, 48. No one knows why she dies. And we finally got the report, uh, coroner's report, you know, almost like three months later, right? And essentially says um, she died for causes of low bar pneumonia. I got a few things to kind of talk about that. As a physician who unfortunately has to write a lot of uh, death certificates, and I say a lot because if you have to write more than one, that's a lot. So I do have to write uh, quite a few death certificates. And a lot of times, especially when we're talking about patients who are sick, there are so many different factors and things that attribute to a person, unfortunately, uh, not making it, not leaving the hospital. But in the grand scheme of things, there's really certain few categories that I have to put down. 
right? So again, I can't say a person passed away because they had a heart attack, right? No, I have to say a person passed away because they had coronary artery disease, right? So I can't say a person passed away because they stopped breathing. No, I have to say a person passed away because they had pneumonia or, or you know, infection or something. I have to be extremely specific uh, when talking about causes of diseases, right? So when you hear, you know, the cause of death, low bar pneumonia, yes, uh, that that's a central thing, right? But again, there's that's not to say that's the only thing that happened, right? Like she got pneumonia, she died. Uh, but they're saying that uh, when you surround and you gather everything that happened with her, you have to attribute a lot of it to the fact that she had pneumonia. And I think what was interesting to me, because I'm sitting back and uh, being on social media, was the reaction from the cause of death. One, because I think a lot of people were ex- expecting some type of foul play or they were probably expecting some type of drug-related uh, issue. So, you know, when they hear pneumonia, it's not a sexy uh, term. So, you know, there's that. Um, but two, the, the almost lack of respect for pneumonia as a cause of death was staggering to me. And we're going to talk today about pneumonia and why everyone should be focused on pneumonia and focus on the importance of it uh, kind of moving forward. So I'm going to be talking today, we're going to be talking about pneumonia. I'm going to give you some facts on pneumonia. We're going to say, what is it? Who's at risk? How to get treated for it? You know, what are some symptoms if you have, like, how do you know if you have pneumonia? Well, we'll talk a little bit about treatment. You know, here on the lunch, we don't go get into specifics about treatment uh, just because a lot of times there's so many different options, but we'll talk about uh, the broad scheme of treatment courses uh, kind of associated with pneumonia. So let's do this, right? So just so I can get you guys in a mindset of why pneumonia is important, right? Pneumonia is something we need to worry about. As a hospital physician like myself, pneumonia causes about half a million hospital visits every year. And a half a million hospital visits every year may seem like a lot, but when you think about the fact that a lot of people get treated for the pneumonia before they come to the hospital, so they don't even make it to the hospital, which means that a lot of people are experiencing pneumonia, right? Like when I say a lot, how many? About every year, 400 million people are affected by pneumonia in one way, shape, or form on a year-to-year basis, right? 400 million people, right? I think the number is actually closer to 450. About 50,000 people here in the United States, die from pneumonia every year. 50,000 people. So we talked about the 500 who end up in a hospital. Almost 10% of them don't make it out of the hospital. And, and pneumonia, again, as a, as a public health professional, uh, I'm, I'm very well aware of like, how much pneumonia affects on the worldwide scheme of things. Right, like I, I understand one is the second most common reason for a patient to end up in a hospital. It was in uh, 2016, it was the fourth leading cause of death worldwide pneumonia. Right, so uh, you know, and I, I know you know, hearing low bar pneumonia isn't as sexy as hearing uh, drug overdose, right? Uh, but I want you guys to really be paying attention to why we should be focused on pneumonia, right? It's not something that. We could just say, oh, you got pneumonia and, you know, kind of go and brush it off uh, and vice versa, right? Like I, I had a lot of patients when I used to do outpatient medicine, but it always kind of, oh, doc, I got pneumonia, I feel it, right? And it's a lot of times because they don't necessarily understand the severity of what 
you have a pneumonia does versus you having kind of like the regular cold, which a lot of people more tend to have. So uh, just to kind of get us in the definition terms, right? So what is pneumonia, right? Pneumonia is an infection that affects one or both lungs. A lot of times in the hospital setting, uh, we get patients who, you know, will have one side of the lung affected. Uh, sometimes we have patients who have both sides of the lungs affected, right? Um, and it's, it's just one of those things that you always have to be mindful of when patients come with certain uh, symptoms, right? And we'll talk about the symptoms in a little bit. So it affects the lungs, right? So that's our, that's our grant. That's where we're working at, right? That's our real estate. Pneumonia affects the lungs. Uh, it affects a lot of other things downwind, but in the beginning, in the primary stage, it affects the lung. It is caused by bacteria. It is caused by viruses. Is it caused by funguses, right? So there's a, a lot of different ways you can get pneumonia, right? It's not a one uh, size fit all, right? There's a lot of different ways you can get pneumonia. And unfortunately, a lot of times when we're talking about like like being contagious, right? Sometimes you can be contagious from pneumonia, right? You can be spreading uh, your sickness before you even notice it. And by noticing it, um, we're, we're talking about coughing, sneeze. We're going to be talking about some of those symptoms. But those are some of the things that you may experience. So you may not even experience a symptom before uh, actually having a problem, right? Because again, a lot of people are like, well, she had pneumonia. How come she didn't go to the hospital quicker, right? And per the story, she actually she actually saw a doctor and wasn't, wasn't being treated uh, uh, you know, adequately on an outpatient basis, and you know, she ended up in a hospital, right? Again, that's actually not a you know an unordinary situation. A lot of times, especially for patients who have doctors, a lot of times they go to their doctor's office. Their doctor prescribes them some medication, and if it doesn't work, they they end up in a hospital, right? It's actually not. Uh, the norm to go straight to the hospital, right? Which I think a lot of people were kind of insinuating, well, why didn't she just go to the hospital at first place? Well, that's because a lot of times your primary care doctor is able to take care of it and prevent you from going to the hospital. And on the other hand, a lot of people don't like going to the hospital. So they'll avoid it like the plague, just like sometimes they avoid physicians like the plague. So we talked about it being caused by bacteria. We talked about it being caused by viruses. We talked about it being caused by some funguses as well. Those are your really, really sick patients, right? Especially with funguses affecting it. About one-third of pneumonia cases are due to viruses, right? So that means 66% are due to the other guys, right? And that's where the antibiotics and everything kind of comes into play, especially when we're talking about treatment course. But like you're, 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 I know you're listening to the learning community. You're probably saying like, well... Like, why do I have to worry about pneumonia, right? Like, who is a person that I need to be concerned about? Like, if they have this, right, they're, they have to be at an increased risk for pneumonia. So, and this, if for those who followed my episode on the flu, I will put it in the show notes. Um, this kind of mirrors the flu, and we'll talk about the relationship with the flu in just regular, especially bacterial pneumonia. People who are over the age of 65 have an increased risk for getting pneumonia. People who are under the age of two, right? These are kids. People who are under the age of two also have an increased risk for getting pneumonia. So, but we're also going to talk about, let's say if you fall in between that, right? Like, is there any other medical issues that you can have 
that can preclude you uh, to being at a higher risk for pneumonia? And the answer is yes. Yes, it is. You can have diabetes. You can have asthma. You can have autoimmune disorders like rheumatoid arthritis and lupus. Like you can have chronic kidney disease. So you can have quite a few disorders that put you at just an increased risk for getting pneumonia and getting very sick from pneumonia than a person who is over the age of 65 or under the age of two, right? So again, so we use those ages as kind of hard markers, but most importantly, we need to understand that you can be 30 and get pneumonia. You can be 40 and get pneumonia. You can be 50 and get pneumonia. You can be 15 and get pneumonia. So again, it it doesn't discriminate the age. It just looks for the best environment. And a lot of times the people who are younger and the people who are older are usually the best environment for a bug like that to grow. But that doesn't mean that it, it can't catch you in between time. And of course, my smokers, right? Like if you're cigarettes if you're a cigarette smoker in 2019 guess what uh, you're at an increased risk for pneumonia you're at an increased risk for a lot of different things and we've talked about that probably ad nauseum here on the podcast but and we'll continue talking about that but uh, you're definitely at risk for a pneumonia if you're a cigarette smoker right so again uh, if you need another reason not to smoke cigarettes hey maybe i want to avoid pneumonia and that's why I'm going to quit cigarettes today. Whatever reason, again, we're episode ninety, we're ninety five episodes in. Uh, I've been talking about stop smoking cigarettes for a while. I'm going to keep talking about it till we're in two hundred episodes in because I just uh, want to stress the importance of it of quitting. So let's talk about the symptoms, Doctor Barry. You're saying, hey, like, how do I know if I have pneumonia? Right? What are some of the symptoms that are usually associated with persons? with people who have pneumonia? Well, good question. So number one, right? People who tend to have pneumonia will tend to have a very heavy productive cough, right? And when we say productive cough, these are people who will cough up green and brown and yellow. They usually cough up a different type of different color sputum. And that leads you to believe like, hey, you may have an infection brewing on in the inside that's just regular, that's more than your regular cold. Uh, if you're elderly or even if you're a kid, um, you can get very confused. And this is what we call altered mental status, right? So you can become very confused, very altered um, if your pneumonia is pretty significant. You, of course, you're going to get fevers, you're going to get your sweating, your loss of appetite, loss of energy, body chills, body aches, shortness of breath, all of these things. And again, if you remember, when we talk about the definition of pneumonia, it's a disease that affects the lung. So you got to figure anything that can affect the lung, whether it be breathing, whether it be laying down, all those things are going to cause problems. So, And these are a constellation of symptoms that occur, especially when we're dealing with the bacterial pneumonia, but viral pneumonia causes similar things too. Viral pneumonia will actually give you some more body aches and pain. Those who may be aware of the symptoms of the flu, like we talked about, uh, again, I'm going to put uh, the link to the episode on the show notes. You understand that the flu can also cause some body aches, some pain. And, and again, for a, a correlation, right, so, so, so we can kind of put it together. When we talked about risk factors uh, for getting pneumonia, uh, this is one that's probably more important. 
People who suffer from uh, the flu are at an increased risk for getting pneumonia. So if you if you're dealing with the flu as we speak, right now pneumonia is probably sitting there like, hey, this is my time to attack. So it's not uncommon. And again, I'll, I'll tell you a little story. I had a patient in the residency who it was a young girl, young girl, and you know. Couple weeks prior, she was complaining of some body aches, some pains, some chills, some fevers. Told her mom, you know, they they gave her loving care, they gave her Tylenol when she needed. So she kind of got out of that. But then, unfortunately, a couple of weeks uh, after the initial symptoms gone by, she starts getting very weak, very tired, acting confused, just not acting herself. And they ended up bringing her to the hospital. And when she was diagnosed, she was diagnosed with pneumonia. And again, this was like a 15 to 16 year old. So we're trying to figure out all of the things that could have happened now that she had pneumonia. And come to find out, not only did she get the the influenza, which is the flu, but she got strep pneumococcus, which is a bacterial bug of pneumonia. And in doing so, it almost acted like a super infection. So it started out as the flu and flu-like symptoms ended up being a super infection that uh, ended up having uh, the patient I was talking about have to stay in the hospital for almost 15 days. So this is a young girl who, uh, and just like that, you're in my hospital for two weeks, right? So I'll, I'll never forget uh, that type of case, and I'll never forget the importance of the flu and how not taking care of the flu uh, can put you at risk for something like this. So in the hospital setting, in the outpatient setting, right, like, doc, like, I hear you. I'm coming to my doctor's office, you know, I'm telling them all my symptoms. What does my doctor do next? Well, I think first and foremost, uh, your doctor is going to want to take a look, right? They're going to want to take a look to see, like, hey, are you dealing with pneumonia or maybe you're dealing with something else, right? So that's one of the first things they're going to do. They're going to maybe do like a chest x-ray or a CAT scan of the chest, right, or CT scan of the chest, right? They're going to be looking in the areas that they expect to be most affected. So if the the lung is where uh, pneumonia lives, of course, they're going to do imaging that goes after the lung. So you have some blood tests that also can tell you whether you have certain types of pneumonia. So those are these are just regular blood tests that a lot of times we run into the hospital. We run in the hospital because of it. Uh, and even the sputum, right? I talked earlier about how people will cough up brown and green and yellow, but a lot of times they just spit it out in the hospital setting and even in your doctor's office. He may tell you, hey, I want you when you have this productive cough, just spit in a cup, you know, spit in this specimen. Let me know uh, so I can send it off for the labs. And it's very interesting uh, when you get these results from the labs because you can have one instance where nothing is growing one day and then the next three days you have a lot of things growing. So, And it's important a lot of times, especially when we're getting these, these sputum cultures, uh, because we're not just getting it to, to be able to say, hey, you got this type of bug, but we're also, and most importantly, getting it to treat you. So when you get the treatment done, and you said, when you get the sputum culture done, and it's like, okay, this is the bug I'm dealing with, then you know which antibiotic is going to work. Uh, lots of different ways to kind of diagnose pneumonia. Uh, but most important, especially for you guys, is how do I treat it? Like, how do I treat pneumonia? 
And on the outpatient setting versus inpatient setting, it is very different. And I think because in the inpatient setting, the hospital setting, you get access to IV medications that you just don't get access to here in uh, the outpatient world. So in an outpatient uh, center, right, when I used to do outpatient medicine, um, I used to love using amoxicillin, which is a penicillin-type medication, especially for those who are allergic to penicillin. I may not be aware of that medication, right? I sometimes will use a medication called Lovaquin, uh, which is pretty good, especially on the lungs. Um, I use a medication uh, called doxycycline. Again, it's another medication that's also good for the lungs, right? So there's lots of different antibiotic regimens, either on outpatient or inpatient setting. Uh, rest is going to be extremely important, especially if you're dealing with a viral type infection that there's really no antiviral medications for cold. A lot of it is just supportive care and making sure they're doing all right and make sure they don't turn for the worst. So I think from, from that standpoint, you know, kind of uh, getting all, all your ducks in line and, you know, whether you're doing antibiotics, where you're doing rest, and, you know, that, that's, that's really uh, comes down to making sure you're getting the cultures and you're getting the blood tests and all these things you uh, need to set out to do when you are thinking about treating pneumonia. Now, what are the big things associated with pneumonia, right? Like what really can happen if you get pneumonia? And, and I really want to stress this part out because I talked earlier about how on the coroner's report, a lot of things may have happened while you had pneumonia, but it's not going to make the coroner's report, right? It's not going to make the death certificate. When we talk about in the hospital setting, hey, what are some of the worst things that can happen if you get pneumonia? Number one is you can have infection that used to be in the lungs, but now it's in the blood, which is really, really, really not good. You can have what we call respiratory failure. So this is when you are too weak to breathe on your own and we will do it for you. Those from an imagery standpoint, think about those people who are uh, have a tube down their throat in ER, right? Those people uh, cannot breathe on their own, so we are going to help breathe for you, right? So that's what we do in the, the hospital setting, right, where we have to be very concerned that you may not be able to breathe on your own. And if you aren't, then we have to intubate. Right, so that's one. Uh, number two, we talked about the... We, uh, number one, that was number two, because number one, we talked about the infection in the blood. Number three, there's a disorder called respiratory distress syndrome, and, and it's a constellation of symptoms associated uh, with people who have pneumonia, right? So it's a constellation of different things that could happen if you have pneumonia. And from that standpoint there, of course, last but not least, death, right? Like if pneumonia gets severe and goes untreated, you will die. Why do we know you'll die? Because we know it's the fourth highest cause of death worldwide. So we know this isn't a benign uh, entity that we have to think about. And I know what you're going to say, Doc, every time I get pneumonia, I just take care of my antibiotics I take and I do it at home. That is perfectly fine. In fact, that's ideal what we would want it. But I understand that sometimes some people need to end up in a hospital. right? Maybe they can't follow with their PCP. right? Maybe they can't drive to see them. So they need... Uh, to make sure that they're well taken care of. And they may just end up in the hospital and you find them they have pneumonia, uh, but they do very well with the antibiotics they, that you uh, prescribe. So 
the number one question is, you know, how do I prevent it, right? Like, is there a possible way for me to prevent it? And I want you guys to kind of think about the people who are at risk. People who are at risk are kids under the age of two. People who are at risk for are people who are over the age of 65. People who are at risk are diabetic patients, comma, asthma patients, comma, rheumatoid arthritis, comma, lupus lupus patients. So there's a lot of different moving parts uh, associated uh, with uh, the prevention. But most importantly, the, the two that, which may cause some controversy uh, amongst uh, some of us, is vaccinations. There are not only one, but two different vaccines for pneumonia. And if you're meeting this criteria, right, like if you're a diabetic, or you have asthma, or you know you're you're on chronic oxygen, right? And you have pneumonia. They recommend, hey, you should get the pneumonia shot. And there's two of them, and one is P Prevnar 13, and the other is pneumococcal 23. And I already know someone's gonna ask me, hey, what do those numbers mean? So I talked about the different causes of pneumonia. Well, guess what? We know uh, the top 36 causes, right? We know the top 36 causes. So what do we do? We make a vaccine for those causes, right? We say, hey, we're not going to be able to get all the different uh, causes for pneumonia under this umbrella. But if we give you these two vaccines, we should be able to cover the majority of them. And hopefully after this take of the Lunch and Learn, you'll understand why you also should be uh, very diligent about getting your uh, pneumonia vaccine when it's time to get it. So, all right, guys, I thank you for all your support that you continue to show uh, yours truly. I'm going to be seeing you next week for another amazing episode here on the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry.